What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Weekend at Hernie's. I'm Steven Sears with, of course, Chase Pletcher. How you doing, Chase? I'm good, man. I'm just chilling. You know, same old, same old. Same old, same old. Uh, that's the same case for our Carolina Panthers, who just took a, <laughs> who again took another uh, loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last Sunday. Um, kind of a rough one. Where will you quick little thoughts before we jump into it? Um, I thought it basically defensive wise, basically just felt the same as that Raiders game. Offensively, it felt like the Raiders game just with a couple turnovers. Um, they didn't move the ball terribly, actually moved up and down the field, but turnovers really were the difference. Um, mm-hmm. We likely would have probably had 28, how many ever points. Like, probably would have just barely lost, kind of like the Raiders game if you take this turnovers out. Yeah, it definitely was a turnover-oriented game. Um, it kind of gave me, like, big preseason game vibes, um, but we'll get yeah. into that uh, once we get into it. Uh, first, quick little news here. Um, CMC was placed on IR today, so he would be missing at least three weeks, I believe. Yeah. Um, he's got a some kind of ankle injury. I don't know, but that wear and tear on running backs, man, we talk about it. It happens. It's not a surprise. You know, I, uh, I mean, I really do wonder, because it says like four to six weeks to, uh, to heal. I do wonder if, you know, week seven rolls around, we're 0-7, and 0-6, and, and Christian thinks, hey, I'm like 100% now. I really do wonder how they're going to handle that situation. Yeah, I mean, you'll definitely hear a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of fans saying not to put him in for the tank if you believe in that kind of thing. <clears throat> He's obviously a competitor and want to get back out there. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know how I would feel about it. I definitely would say, I mean, I think it's reasonable just to say for him to come back and play, but – definitely had a way 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 less limited role um honestly just bring him back and let him play slot receiver or something <laughs> like yeah. not a, don't really want to see him getting as many touches in the backfield if it's that late in the season when he comes back but i mean we'll monitor that and see how it plays out um uh so for now mike davis is probably going to step into his role as the lead starting back and they've also people have been floating the idea of Kurz getting some burn in the backfield uh I'm not sure how I feel about that because he is a pretty good receiver who just doesn't get used. But, I mean, I guess it could work. He's definitely talented. We saw that a little bit this week. He got put in the backfield a few times. They just tried to force feed him the ball, which we'll get into later. But it could be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, as as like one of the leaders of the Curtis Samuel Hive, it kind of really angers me because I'm just continually, I'm like, this guy is a receiver. Like, he's not a gadget player, but I guess if he's not going to get the ball through the air or they're not going to line him up outside, whatever it is, I mean, I guess him getting the ball in any capacity is better than not at all. Mm-hmm. But it's just increasingly frustrating. Yeah, uh, we both look at him as, uh, honestly, arguably the best receiver on the team who just hasn't really got his chances to shine. Um, I mean, I don't know how much longer that can go on before we can keep saying that, but <laughs> his his situation hasn't really been the best. But we'll save that for later. Um, for now, let's just get into you know the beginning of this Tampa Bay game. Like we both just said, um, I mean, I kind of saw it. Tampa Bay gave me real preseason vibes. I mean, they looked just pretty sloppy. We came out definitely sloppier. I mean, we were down twenty-one nothing at one point, but the second half for Tampa Bay was just. It was kind of brutal to watch. <laughs> like, uh, they, yeah. they, they just don't look in sync at all. I mean, obviously Brady's new there, but 
Tampa Bay has always kind of looked this way, even in the past. Um, just, you know, not a real... It'll just, like, put you away. Like, we're not... You're not going to lose. Yeah. For, they're not the most sharp team where you're not going to lose 48-3 to to them. I mean, I don't know. Like, they are improved. Like, their defense is better. But, like, I was watching that game. They went up 21-0. to I was sitting there thinking, like, when is the last time we got blown out by Tampa Bay? Right. Anytime we miraculously lost to them with Cam, which I think we only lost to them where Cam played and was healthy twice, and both of the times were in 2012. Um, in 2016, we lost to him twice. One of the games Derek Anderson played, Cam had the concussion. The other game was the last game of the year. Cam's rotator cuff was blown to smithereens at that point. Um, and we like lost at the end because we went for two because we no one wanted to play. Mm-hmm overtime in that game um so like we we literally just don't lose to them so it was weird to see them blow us out but even then like we they still let us come back both teams it just felt sloppy and yeah it, it wasn't the most exciting game for me to watch either i don't know if it was because i was like with friends and like w- looking at red zone on the other tv but it was not like the most enticing game. yeah yeah the word i was looking for there was like they just they've never been like the most fundamentally sound team and like you could, right, they just make mistakes. Yeah, like you see that on offense a lot, just like a bunch of drop pra- drop passes and penalties and things of that nature, just pushing them back all the time. And like it was almost like it was one of those games where it seemed like the both teams just wanted the other team to win. And it was weird because they were up twenty one to nothing. So like <laughs> it was, yeah. I don't know. But um yeah, it, it it was just it was just weird. And I mean our offense, let's see, so we turned it over on back-to-back plays. We had the terrible pick on the screen. Mm-hmm. Then I believe the next offensive play was the fumble, um, I think. And then Robbie Anderson had the fumble. And then we actually had a chance at the end, and Teddy threw the pick. So, like, how many times did we really, like, punt? You know, we either scored or turned it over, it seemed like. Yeah, definitely not that many, because even the one time you went out there to punt, we faked it early in the game, right? <laughs> right, and that was the most obvious fake yeah. punt that could have ever happened. Ball, and, like, the ball was at Mike, what, Mike Davis, 35-yard line, and we go for a fake punt? Like, you <laughs> would just run it at that point. Come on, everyone knows what you're doing. And everyone was saying, like, rules seemed, like, super hype on the sideline when, like, the punt team ran out there. Like, gee, wonder what they're doing. Um, The play before that was really weird, too. On third and three, like, at this point, I think we're down 14-0. No, it's 7-0 at this point, I think. Can't remember exactly the score. Uh But um, Mike Davis gets his first carry of the year on third and three. And, like, as we're driving down to score, like, I I thought that was all weird. And then... I don't know. Yeah, I th- honestly, I think that was a like Teddy check to that play. I'm pretty certain. I don't remember. Exactly. I, I could be wrong, but I think that was like his audible, and then it was just a Mike Davis handoff. <laughs> but I don't know. Definitely an ugly first half. Yeah. Um, but I mean, offensively, I mean, this sounds so cliche, but you take out the turnovers, the offense looked fine. I mean. There were a couple bad sacks where everything just fell apart. But, I mean, like I was just pointing out to you before we started, Teddy's been pressured at the sixth lowest rate in the league this year. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, he's getting the ball quick. The offense is kind of flowing. I mean, I I think he had, what, like 370 or so pass yards? Um, What was the number here, the exact number? 367 passing yards. I mean, part of it was just stat padding at the end, but the offense was fine, Yeah, I thought. Well, I think it was like going into like in like the middle of the third quarter. He was only like a hundred something, and then 
we got down on pretty big and and CMC was out at this point, so we would just catch up ball, you know. So yeah. I mean Teddy Statwater came through. Yeah, so I mean it's kinda hard to like fully credit him, like as if he was throwing right. meaningful passes. <laughs> but I mean, I don't I don't want to discredit him completely and say like, you know, it was you know, meaningless. But yeah. yeah. For for McCaffrey, it wasn't surprising that he didn't really have that many yards because we literally talked about this. The, both games against the Bucks last year was the same thing. You know, he got those couple touchdowns, but it was just similar stuff to where he just was. You're just not getting a ton of yards. Yeah, like we put down, he had 18 carries for 60 yards almost, and then two touchdowns, and then four receptions, 29 yards. Uh, going back to last week, we were both kind of wondering if we were actually playing him at receiver, and so I jotted that down this week while I was rewatching, and it gave him nine. S- I believe nine snaps out wide. Um, they threw it to him three times, so definitely an, an improvement. And also, Mike Davis did get, even when McCaffrey was in the game. Mike Davis did get a lot of burn this week, so that was good to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely made me feel a little bit more comfortable about next week because I didn't think he looked bad. Uh-huh. I mean, at the end, like that the drive that didn't matter at the very end, he like trucked that one dude on the sideline. That was kind of cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, I feel okay about him next week. I mean, I, I picked him up in fantasy. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think most of us kind of knew he was a capable running back. Uh, I mean, it's kind of always been the case. Like, you know, we all know most running backs can do something. So, like, <laughs> so I mean, like, just give him, put him in the game, let him shine. I mean, unfortunately, CMC still did get injured as we started to show off with, but like, at least now we know that we have a capable backup. Yeah, and the and then uh, DJ and Robbie, you know, they had, um, they both had over a hundred yards. That was big for our second or third best receiver to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Robbie had another one of those just literally wide open on, I, I think it was a will route. You know, they had him on the inside, motioned him outside, and uh, he was just wide open on the sideline. I thought he was going to score again. Yeah. If, if the safety would have made a bad play, like, against the Raiders, literally would have been, like, an 80-yard touchdown. Yeah. It was, like, a um, kind of just like a just like a slip-up in the defense because he kind of just ran it out and up, and the corner just, just left him as if he had safety yeah, I, help, and he was just sitting there wide open. I need to go look at a uh, – it was on the other side of the uh, field, but I need to go look at the play from the Raiders game to see if they ran like a similar – if it's something they're doing that's like mm-hmm. making him just not get accounted for. I do wonder. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, it was working, and, uh, I mean, Teddy delivered a nice ball on that. But, yeah, I mean, so it was nice to see the two of them do that. Yeah, in that Raiders game, it was kind of just like a double move again, and then the corner just, just slipped on him. And so he was wide open, but this time the corner just like just stopped following him, just left him there. Yeah. But hey, I mean, they keep going back to it if it works. A good ball by Teddy, like you said. Um, Robbie did have that fumble earlier in the game that was yeah. pretty costly. That was right out of um, halftime. Right out of halftime too. So we're coming out tw- down twenty-one nothing, and you fumble immediately. That's no good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that, it literally at that point, that's where like a competent franchise would have really just put the game away. Mm-hmm. And if, if it weren't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's really the game would have got put away. Yeah. Um, you fumble right come, out of halftime up 21. But, but they come, they come right back and give us the ball back off that Dante Jackson interception. Yeah. That was why, why did he run out of bounds? That was the weirdest thing. Yeah. And I was praying for that to happen too. Cause I don't know if you knew, but um, 
if that would have been a pick six, Tom Brady would have tied Matt Schaub as the most games in a row with a pick six. Four. Then his fourth straight game with a pick six. So I was just dying for that to happen. Really? And Dante ruined it. That's a stat. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was weird because he, like, he had plenty of room. Like, and he easily, I mean, not easily, but Dante's a pretty fast guy, I would say. <laughs> like, I, I would like to think he could have outran whoever that was in front of him. It wasn't like a receiver or something. I mean, but, one cut, he likely would have been able to slip through. I'm not yeah. saying he definitely would have scored, but, like, I've seen him make cuts before when he returned that two-point conversion on mm-hmm. on two breeze, like, a few years back on Monday Night <laughs> Football. He right. looked like he was just shot out of a cannon. That was ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't know. It didn't make any sense. But, yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, good catch by him. Um, we talked pretty bad about him last week, so. I don't know. Good, good, yeah. good to bounce back, I guess. I, I mean, that's, that's that's what he's good. For. Like, I mean, that's what he does. I mean, he'll make the big hit when when a quarterback throws a screen pass high, and mm-hmm. he can just level the dude, and then he'll get catch an easy interception and like have a great return. And right. so I try to not let myself get fooled by it because I do think that's what happened a little bit his rookie year. He got a couple easy ish picks, and we were all kind of like, "Oh my god!" Like this guy is like, yeah, amazing. Um. So yeah, I try not to. I try to like um, temper my expectations, even when he has a good moment. But. For sure, he's a real like boom, boom and bust kind of guy. But um, yeah. want to give credit to Zach Kerr on that pressure. He got a pretty good push up there, forcing the Brady to make a pretty horrible throw. Our, our one, our one quarterback hit is uh is Zach. He's got our one quarterback hit on the season. Was that it? I don't know if I can't remember if they I don't know if they counted it on that play because I don't believe he was hit, but he, I do know he has our one QB hit. At, oh. Apparently, that's what I've seen. I could be wrong. One QB hit and like in the game or out of the two games. Out of the two games, we have one quarterback hit, three pressures, zero sacks. That's horrible. That's that's literally like awful. Like I feel like you have to be trying to do that, like you said yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, failing to register a sack in two straight games. We're the only team in the league who hasn't registered a sack yet. Um, I don't know who to blame for that. I feel like when I was rewatching, it was a lot no of the rush. times on yeah, a lot of times on passing downs, it's three man rush, straight four man rush. Like nothing too surprising. Like when they do blitz, the blitz comes pretty late. Right. So like, it's kind of like no chance of really getting to a guy like Tom Brady because he's going to get the ball out quick regardless. So like, you need to be there. Yeah. So. And- I, I don't know if it's the scheme. I don't know if it's the players not executing or what, but there's definitely a disconnect somewhere. Yeah, I need to go find our blitz rate because like you're saying, I don't know if it's in my head or not, but it feels like we're not rushing. And I'm like, I don't know. Do they not trust the guys to rush? But mm-hmm. like, I certainly don't trust our guys to cover that long. Like, I'd rather a guy like Shaq be trying to get to the quarterback than trust him to guard LaShawn McCoy on a crosser or like on the, at the check down or in the flat, you know, something like that. Yeah, which I mean, which didn't work out for him too well this week, but he got bailed out by a couple drops. Um, he also only had three tackles, which yeah isn't isn't good for our leading middle linebacker. But right, right, and it's weird because last week I was like he had the most tackles, but that doesn't mean and really mean everything. But yeah. it's, to me, it means something when you only have three. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. It yeah, was, it was weird. And I mean, they're running up the gut pretty much every time. Like you should yep. be there, but at any rate. Yeah, definitely need to. Uh, they need to do something on defense to get some pressure. I don't know what it is. Um, I mean, I saw when I was watching Burns is like getting so close 
dude, like a lot of the times, but he's just not fully there. Yeah, and I mean, and when the everybody else that's like rushing is not kind of carrying their own weight, it's easy for like to kind of key in on Burns because like I mean he can't do mm-hmm. it all. And I'm right. not sitting here saying he's prime Julius Peppers, but like I I agree that he's like he seems to be pulling his weight. Yeah. There's a lot of plays when he is like just almost getting his hands on Tom Brady, and then a lot of the a lot of times on running plays, I see him. He's the guy that's like chasing down the tackle, or you know, like on a stretch play, he's like making the play from behind or something. Like he's getting pressure and he's like beating his man a lot. I think there was one play where he kind of did like a euro step past uh, the tackle and just completely stopped the run play. I don't even know, but it was like really impressive. So I mean, like he's he's shining, but like I think everyone being so bad around him is not helping. Um, I mean, we jotted down today. They I guess the PFF rankings came out, and four of our guys on defense are like dead last in their pos- in their positions: Derek Brown, <laughs> Trey Boston, Justin Barris, and Tahir Whitehead. I think that's kind of harsh on Derek Brown. I don't know if he's been that bad, but like I feel like he's been getting some pressure. <laughs> yeah. But again, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought he played well week one. I mean, you know, I don't take PFF to heart, but I mean, it's like I pointed out to you, it's obviously not good to mm-hmm. be ranked like last or second to last at your position. Like you're not fooling anybody in our X, actually like the best in the league of what you're doing. Like If you're being ranked bottom like that, there's something that's not going well. Right. There was so, a... Definitely a lot. There was, there was one play, or not one play, but that big LeGarrette Blunt touchdown at the end where he just went right up the gut. Um, that hole was there, but, like, when you look at it from the, the straight-on angle, like, to hear Whitehead is right there. He could have made the tackle, and he just, like, he just ran right by him. I'm like, yeah, how that, like, stick your arm out or something. Like <laughs> that, that last run was awful. Like, it's literally just reminding me of last season. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it doesn't have to have, once again, we don't have KK. And what KK is good at is run stop. Like, KK is not the guy that can get you all those sacks. But KK is mm-hmm. good at run stopping, and we also don't have him. Not really to make an excuse, but, like, man, it's bad. Defense was bad. I, kn- I know we only gave up, like, what, like 10 points in the second half? Yeah. Uh, but and one a lot of, them was a lot of that, that was – a lot of that was like just the Bucks looking extremely sloppy on offense. Yeah, I mean they had a bunch that. of drops, and I mean even a couple like that wide open one where the dude hit off his helmet. They're like, mm-hmm. man, perfect pass there. Just couldn't come down with it. I don't know. I think if a guy's running like vertically up the sideline and you hit him in the helmet, that's probably not a perfect throw. My opinion. Yeah, like I, there were like, definitely drops. But yeah, there were definitely drops. So like, not trying to just like use this as an excuse to like rag on Brady, but like that pass in particular, if you turn around and you're running straight up the field and you turn and the ball's aimed at your head, like yeah. that's a little more difficult than people realize. I think. Yeah. The, that was definitely, that was probably like, I guess that's what his second, like short arm deep ball in that game. Cause you oh, had that, that flea, flea flicker where like he, that guy it was like Teddy all it. the way around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was like that. And then the sideline head ball over there. I don't know. I, I thought he looked fine, though. Like, he didn't look good. He had the bad pick again. But I honestly, I, I still think his arm looks, like, solid. Yeah. He's got strength, but it's, it's not, like, sustainable strength. But I, I don't know. It's, like, yeah, good like, enough. 
he's much well off, much more well off than Breeze right now. Mm-hmm. I'll say for that. sure. Yeah, we'll win him a little later. But besides those two, I remember Gronk having a pretty bad drive. He has been like non-existent Ooh, so yeah, far. He needs to just let, let, he should yeah. have came back. That was he like people are gonna remember the stint like that when he does terrible. People are gonna remember this, and it's not really gonna impact his legacy or whatever. But like if he would have just stayed retired, I mean he literally would have just. A lot of people have no issue saying he's like the best tight end ever. Mm-hmm. True. True that. Um, what else we got? Trey um, Pride. He took I, a massive dip in snaps. 92% yeah. in week one to now 13% this week. Right. I, the only thing I could possibly wonder is if, it, if Godwin being out affected that. Godwin plays a lot in the slot. Um, I mean, they, he doesn't only play slot. He plays a lot in the slot. He plays, He's the other outside receiver. So I don't know if where it was just Evans and then Scotty Miller really is like the only real targets. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they just he, – he got lessened because of that. Like, I, I don't know if it was just something in the game planning that meant they didn't really feel like they needed him. But that's the only thing I could even think of, like, surface level that would have impacted it that drastically. Yeah, well, like it seemed like Rizul Douglas got all those snaps, and I, I mean he yeah. played pretty okay. Yeah, he wasn't bad. Um, but I don't know. I I would like to see Trey Pry get a little bit more burn since we drafted him, and I don't expect Rizul Douglas to be here that long. But <clears throat> I don't know. Something to keep an eye on next week. Um, I don't think Trey Pry was like the worst thing in week one, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I guess maybe they. They either thought he was that bad or just for some reason the game plan was, like I said, like maybe Godwin being out could have affected it a little bit. Can't say for certain. But. True. Um, I guess uh, we want to uh, touch on the offense a little bit more. Kind of, we were we were just talking about the O line. Like it felt like the O line had some awful, awful moments. But, like, yeah. overall, maybe they're just doing okay. I mean, the offense is built to get it out quick. Like, Teddy is throwing it on to his first read so much. Um, so that also probably plays a heavy factor in why the pressure rate's low. But, like, the offense definitely had a few bad moments. Yeah, it was kind of the O-line that we saw a little bit last year where they gave up five sacks. Um, a lot of times someone was in Teddy's face if he couldn't get out to his first read. And when that happened, it wasn't really pretty for us. <clears throat> so, I mean, that was kind of – this is kind of the old line we were expecting. Last week we were, you know, a little surprised that they, they played decently well. You know, they had no stacks last week. But, I don't know, this week I wasn't too shocked. It seemed like Okun was getting beat a lot off the edge. <laughs> He's and worried then, about, like, his Bitcoin sells, you know. That's <laughs> yeah, I don't know what his Stocks was. went down. Who knows what it is. So. Yeah, his, his mind was not in the right place. And then who's that left guard? Schofield? Yes, he I got, feel bad for not he got knowing. manhandled one <laughs> one play. I don't remember what happened, but no, there there was one play where literally every single person got beat except Taylor Moten. Like I think it was like sometime in the second half. It might have just been on one of the sacks. Every single person on the line got destroyed, and Moten was just there like this is fine. Yeah, like it's like that clip of that kid like swinging and like the. The school's on fire. <laughs> it's crazy because like all we can do is just like shake our heads and just be like, "Yep, like this is kind of what we expected." And yeah. like I'm sitting here like, watching the game with some of my buddies, and they're like, "How's Teddy go do anything if he's got no time?" And I'm just like, "Bro, like this has been the case for 
15 years now. I saw somebody say like, I think Teddy might even have it worse than Cam. I'm like, no, like he has it bad, but like Cam just was a magician with no. somehow making it look less bad. Right. We have like, Daryl Williams and then like a third string left tackle. If that out there, like <laughs> that, that left side of the line this year is just horrendous. Right. It is and that includes Paradise. Like, he's awful. I can't believe yeah. I was ever. When we signed him, I tweeted, I'm so herny right now. <laughs> like, I tweeted that because I was that excited to get Paradise. Like, last summer. That was, like, my worst tweet ever in hindsight. Old takes exposed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, like, that- <laughs> I was pretty high for that, too, because I remember, like, doing a Queensguard article and doing, like, top five like potential free agent signing or something like that and i put paradise on there and now it's just terrible yeah last year is kind of like acceptable because he was coming off the injury and you know new offensive line like how's he going to look so it was kind of struggling and everything around him was bad so this year we kind of gave him a little bit more hope and to be fair his guards are still pretty bad so (laughs) so, I i don't know like maybe he's just literally out there by himself trying to guard and Dominican Sue and whatnot, but right. I, I just know he had the most pressures attributed to him as for mm-hmm. centers last year. And like not trying to rag on any position, but like centers the position where like you could be bad, but I feel like you shouldn't be giving up pressures that are directly attributed to you. Just looking at the way that most three or four man rushes line up. Like right. I feel like I could go out there and play center for a whole game straight. And, like, it couldn't be that much worse than whatever Paradise is putting out there. Like, I feel like there's some plays where, like, I could prevent a pressure from happening simply because, like, the way center has people on all sides of them, you're always – I feel like you always have some help in some way. I don't feel like centers get isolated that 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 often. Yeah, and I no. could be completely wrong. Like, I don't really know the numbers on that, and I never played on the O-line. But, like, that's just my thoughts on that. No, yeah, I would agree. I mean – because typically it's the, the guards and then the tackle or the matchup against the tackles and the DNs. So the center is usually helping one of the guards. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I they, they might pull, they might help out a little bit. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's odd for a center to just constantly get pressures attributed to him. But Paradise yeah. is fine in a way. He is yeah. fine in a way. And of course, there's like D line stunts and whatnot. So obviously that happens. But <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for his numbers to be that high. Right. Um, but again, Before that could could just be something with everything around him because I just don't really think that Schofield and John Miller, maybe. <laughs> like, I, dude, I don't even know these guys' names. Like, like. Year, five, <laughs> year five of franchise guy. Like, <laughs> like, I actually knew the whole line last year, no matter how bad they were. Right. But like, I'm starting to really not know people's names as I'm watching. It's all it's yeah. bad. Like that never know. happened to me before. Like I used to just be able to name fifty the fifty three. Same. Like yeah. within a, within two minutes, I had you out all fifty three people on the roster. Like now, it's getting tough for me. <laughs> Maybe that's like a COVID thing, where it's like there's been no like off season or like, you know, I didn't go to training camp. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't no know. training camp. I don't know. It could be Cam being on. We just don't care. But <laughs> <laughs> accumulation of all things. Yeah. Um. Before we get into talking about before we get into our TED T talk, um, the last two things I really want to talk about with the offense. First off. Ian Thomas, um, I don't know. We talked about this a little bit before the show. Um, he saw like 50% of the snaps. It was either 45 or 55% of the snaps, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you even pointed out like rewatching, because I rewatched yesterday. So, you know, I don't remember everything on top of my head. You just got done rewatching on a game pass. He, he's 
running routes. Like he's not ju- he's not just out there blocking as a snap percentage. Like he's physically running routes, and we're even targeting man hurts. So like to me, it's just like we know what man hurts is. Like just target Ian Thomas, please. Like I just don't see the point still throwing screens to man hurts, doing anything with them besides blocking, because we don't have a reliable tight end. It's not like we're just. It's not like he's Greg Olson out there, and that's why Thomas isn't seeing like snaps. Yeah. Like we need a tight end one at some point, even if it's not the most important position. We need one at some point. You know for a fact, man hurts is not that. For so sure. at least try to see if like Ian Thomas can handle tight end one workload, especially when you're throwing the ball forty two times. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, Ian Thomas, he had more snaps than Manhurts. And, like, from what I saw, he is out there, like, in the passing game. Uh, probably even more so than Manhurts. I feel like man- they've used Manhurts more the so than blocking. They have him on that sense. left side so much because the left side is, like, the most horrendous thing ever. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously we all know this O-line definitely needs extra pass blockers. I mean, you'll see that McCaffrey will shift out to wide receiver and, like, they'll leave – Mike Adams in the backfield. Mike Davis. I keep calling that man Mike Adams. <laughs> Mike Davis in the backfield Please to block. Don't. And Man Hurts would be out there. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Ian Thomas, he's out there running routes, and he's involved in the passing trees and game, but I don't know. He's just out there I mean, running. Yeah, I mean, we're about to talk about Teddy, and this just might be on him, but I don't know if, like, how many of the plays are designed for Ian Thomas because – Teddy is like, you know, about to say he's like a first read kind of quarterback. And so he's not really getting to Ian Thomas in his, in his, you know, progressions. But I mean, there's plays where I'm watching and this guy's open. I mean, you know, it's not like wide open, like jumping up and down, waving his hands, but like you can hit him. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And it's weird because Teddy, like we say Teddy's like more of a first read quarterback, but it's weird because he's not a first read quarterback in the sense that somebody like, I don't know Jimmy Garoppolo is to where if he goes off, if he has to go off his first read, he literally just becomes like, like just he like a caveman out there, like has no clue what's going on. Like Teddy can go through his progressions. Teddy's a smart quarterback. He knows the offense. He knows what's going on. It's just he's so safe that he's likely just going to take that first read most of the time. Yeah, it's gonna it's, from like, what it looks like, it's either the first read or the check down. Like that's yeah, it. Yeah. And the frustrating thing, actually, I'll hold off on that because I do want to talk about Curtis real quick before we kind of get into what we've really been noticing with Teddy. The Curtis, I mean, I'm really getting frustrated out here because, I mean, this is the third straight year he's just had this unfortunate situation. Fourth, actually. 2017, rookie, whatever. About midway through the year, that, that Dolphins Monday night game, That's he, I think he had like five catches before he had that injury where he dropped a wide-open touchdown pass on a beautiful throw from Cam. He was finally getting the fo- being in the, the offense. Gets out for the rest of the year. 2018, when they finally start playing in more than three snaps a game, Cam's shoulder just disintegrates. 2019, Kyle Allen... 2020 Teddy Bridgewater like I hate to just make excuse after excuse after excuse but like I think it's legitimate in this situation um Mm -hmm. he had two targets he had twice as many rush attempts as targets on Sunday um one of his targets was a screen the other was like a 10 yard he just like posted up across the middle um three of his four rushes were end arounds or reverses one of them he just like 
was straight handed the ball off. Like I'm just very confused. Like, do they legit? Do they think? Do they think he's Tavon Austin? Like, do they think he's Tariq Cohen? I don't know. Like, I'm just getting frustrated. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just kind of unfortunate, really, because I mean, like you said, we don't want to keep making excuses for him, but. I mean that's just what it is. It's just like, like, like he's he's getting open downfield, and I I'm, I guess we can use this to segue into what's going on with Teddy. But I posted this clip yesterday on Twitter, and it was a clip where Teddy dropped back, probably got the ball in like three seconds max. It might have been like under. It might have been around two and a half two. It was just a. I think DJ was running a dig. Um. Maybe it was either slant or dig. DJ, I mean, Teddy just threw it to him, incomplete pass, whatever. If you peep the bottom of the screen, uh, Curtis was basically open along the sidelines to the point where, like, I don't think the Bucks knew he was on the field. Uh-huh. It was almost like that play with Robbie where he was just wide open. They had no clue where he was. Except this time, the over-the-top safety help that would hypothetically be there to tackle him was with with uh, was taking Robbie – I think on a post. And so like, it's just a situation where, like we we're saying, Teddy being first read. If Teddy would just, I don't know if this is because he doesn't have confidence in his arm strength. If Teddy would just go through his progressions more, a little bit more, even when he knows his, what his first read is going to be open. I think like Curtis would hopefully be able to see more looks or even Robbie. Yeah, um, I do remember that play that you posted, and I was remember I remember pointing out that like DJ was isolated on the left side of the field. He runs a dig route, which they've been doing all game, so like they knew it was coming. They ran a lot. <laughs> so like they so they run this play. He's run the dig. There were route. three guys surrounding DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So there's like the linebacker in front of him, and he doesn't really do the right thing where he kind of drifts off, kind of towards more towards the sideline. No one's over there, so he has no reason to go over there. If he would have like just kind of eyeballed Teddy, he would have had a pick because he was really right there on DJ. So like I feel yeah. like as a quarterback, if you see that, like if you look over there, like as you drop back and you see DJ, you see the corner and behind him, you see the linebacker in front of him. You have no more options over there, so you have to look to your other progression, and you would see either Robbie on the post who beat his man, so that was a touchdown he if you get yeah. it to him. Yeah, and or you have Curtis who was literally wide open. So I, yeah. I just don't – I don't really understand what, what that was. Yeah, like Curtis basically like did a little will around – I think – I guess it was either – it was either the nick, a nickel or a linebacker that was kind of, I guess, supposed to like shade him or mm-hmm. something. But the dude completely had his like body turned. Like he was just facing Teddy. And like there's no way – there's absolutely no way he knew Curtis was like going past his back shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it, it was probably a miscommunication or just a really good concept. But, like, my thing is, I wouldn't say DJ was, like, smothered. Like, there was a room for a pass to be completed. But I think unless DJ is going to be completely wide open, which he wasn't, you could at least stand to glance on the other side of the field. Yeah. Like you no. pointed out. And, like, that's something that I love so much about Cam. And, like, maybe this is where the disconnect comes in where it comes to, like, arm strength is I feel like Cam, even with his first reads, he I feel like more often than not, he probably at least glances away to glance at a second read most times he drops back because he knows he has the arm strength to pause that extra split second just to glance. Hey, is this guy running free deep? Hey, is this guy, you know, 
that's running the dig a little more open than my first read that's going to be the crosser that's like five yards underneath. You know, whatever it may be. I don't know if for Teddy, he just feels he doesn't have the arm strength and the margin of error to look off a read that he feels is open and then come back to it. That would be my theory on what part that like part of what it is. Yeah. And with, with cam, what we, we saw him do it plenty of times where he catches that guy at a quick glance and he just chucks it like no yeah. kind of foot to change or anything. He just does it off of straight arm strength. <laughs> and right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Teddy can do that, but yeah, I mean, and, like, and you, go ahead. No, no. Yeah. You, you go ahead. My bad. <laughs> I was going to say like, unless like there was room for that pass to be completed to DJ. I don't want to sound like I'm just knocking Teddy for not throwing it deep, but right. Right. It it was just kind of like the least completable ball. You know, it didn't make sense. Yeah. I thought DJ was relatively open. Like, I think even to try to word it like that in my tweet, like, I don't completely blame him because if he felt DJ was open enough, go right ahead. But I think that's a scenario where he was, there was enough guys around him to where it was at least worth the glance opposite mm-hmm. side of the field and not like because like I said he got that ball out so quick and there really wasn't any pressure that I feel like he could have stood to just like glance yeah and I and I pointed this out to you before the show I said this could be an issue for half the quarterbacks in the league as far as I know I just don't pay as much attention to it because obviously we're talking about the Panthers and so I don't know if it's just something that Cam is does that's so special that it seems odd that Teddy never does it but it's kind of frustrating to see. Yeah. I mean, this could be like one of those things that just kind of separates quarterbacks, you know? Like, like, like that's what makes Cam like the yeah. elite pocket passer. Has that elite arm. Exactly. Like that very well could be what separates it. And so maybe it's not necessarily some negative quality about Teddy. It's just something that a lot is a lot of quarterbacks. Case. Yeah. I mean, it could just be like how they talk about like, can you read the field? Like her, like how well can you read the field? You know, <clears throat> yeah. should be one of those things. And, and like, like, same thing with, no, no, finish my bed. I, I was gonna say, no, you're good. I was gonna say this is like not even, this doesn't even like happen on just like this one play. Like this happens like a lot throughout the game. And even last week, like there's definitely like several plays where like things are happening and he's got guys going deep and crossing and it's just kind of just like the first read check down or whatever, you know? Yeah, like I saw a tweet, it was like, How is Teddy Satelli like twenty seven years old and he still won't throw more than like one deep shot a game? You know, like at some point, like it's like that meme of that guy. Like, he's like, you're 36. Like, Teddy, you're 27. Come on. Like, yeah. And it, the whole first read thing, like when it comes to deep balls, every deep ball I've seen Teddy throw the past two games, I believe, is absolutely on his first read. Like, uh-huh. just he knows that's he knows that's what he's going to do right before he snaps the ball. He knows my first read is going to be this back shoulder fade. 30 yards up the field. Like he had that nice throw to, I believe DJ at yeah. some point in the middle of the game, it was a beautiful throw, like great throw. Um, and so it's like his accuracy isn't even terrible on deep throws. Like, cause he, Teddy has good touch on his passes and he's pretty accurate in general. Fairly. So, you know, he's not Peyton Manning, but he's not Josh Allen. Well, I don't know if I can use that joke anymore, actually, but um, <laughs> Josh Allen's been playing well, but like the point is, is like, um, I like like this is a good analogy. You think about the Madden vision cone. When Teddy mm-hmm. goes off his first read, his vision cone, or when he drops back to pass, his vision cone isn't narrow. You know, it's still pretty wide because I think Teddy has a good grasp of the offense and of what he's seeing on the field. Mm-hmm. But it's just that it doesn't extend far. Like 
if a, if somebody isn't his first, if you're not his first read and you're running a route, probably over 15 yards, he's not going to throw it to you. Like he would never say his first read is a DJ on a 12 yard dig, and he's DJ's just completely covered. He's not going to look at that. He's gonna say his second is so. Say he looks off the first read. His second and third reads are Curtis running open on a post, 35 yards up, 30 yards up the field, and CMC in the flat. Ten yeah. times out of ten, he's just going CMC, even if yeah. Curtis is open. So like he yeah. will not throw it deep if you're not his first read. Like he just does not feel comfortable moving, progressing to a second or third guy. And then going vertical. It's like one of those, if he's going to throw it far up the field, it's like he has to know before he even snaps the ball. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even last week when, uh, I don't know if you watched like Robbie Anderson's mic'd up, but like that deep play to him before they step on the field, he's like, Robbie's going to you. Be ready. <laughs> like, right. You got this, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of another sports example, but it, it's just kind of like he won't last second decide to throw it deep. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just kind of, it's, it's kind of holding us back a little bit. I feel like, because I, I think we're starting to see Teddy high volume for the first time and the, against the Raiders, he had about three drop picks this past week. He had three turnovers. So I don't think Teddy's quite as non turnover prone as maybe we originally thought if he's going to be this high volume with his throws. And so it's just kind of like if we want to counteract that, like we know eventually he's going to make a mistake. We're going to have to have those explosive plays. We're just going to have to, that aren't just on the first read. Like we're going to have to have him decide, interpret the defense and then take the shot. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people point out like, Oh, he's 33 for 42, 367 yards. Which is like, is it good? But like, bro, like at some point you got to score a touchdown, right? Like, we can't yeah, just like, move involved. We have two receivers over 100 yards and no touchdowns from the quarterback. This doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and um, on that strip sack, I think he had two guys open. He had, uh, I want to say, like, one of them, maybe Robbie. They were both near the middle of the field, but someone was just running a post and was open. Someone else was running a corner route, maybe, uh, something like that, or just a deep crosser, and was also open to where when Teddy stepped up, because remember, he stepped up, shifted to the right and that's when he kind of got pancaked yeah if, if when he, he just stepped, stepped up it up rose yeah like happen. he had one of those guys but i guess they were just too far up for him and like i said like arm strength seriously is an issue for teddy and so it's like i get him being um ten, uh tentative or reluctant about it because it is a legit issue like we see it like passes just don't come out well Mm-hmm. sometimes like he, he has to take like a five-step crow hop to really drive the ball up the field it seems so like I get the reluctance like he knows his own limits but I think you just got to let it fly you just need to like if you want to have any shot Teddy like being night like talk if I'm talking to Teddy here if you want any shot of like actually being a starter long term whether it be for this team or another team you have to like just do it yeah, no, you can't be scared to take those chances. Um, on that 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 fumble, I jotted down that that was Curtis deep in the middle, and like it definitely looked like he had enough time to like maybe a split second to set and just chuck. I mean, yeah. it you know wasn't gonna be perfect if he did that, but like yeah, he when, had time to do something, and that's right Teddy, in the middle of the field. I feel like he could have seen that if he's yeah. looking downfield, navigating the pocket. 
Right, because he like steps straight down. up. So it's like he should have seen it because he steps straight up. Mm-hmm. And I remember I like paused the clip when right when Teddy stepped up, like when he would have the opportunity, he had the little yeah. bit of momentum moving forward to really torque the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. I believe Curtis was 25-ish yards away. I want to say Curtis was a little past midfield. Teddy was at the 25 or maybe it was like the 35 and Curtis was at like the 40. The opponent's 40. It was, I believe he was around 25 yards away from Teddy when Teddy had the opportunity to throw it, meaning he lets it fly there. Give or take, the ball probably needed to go about 45 yards, mm-hmm. if I had to guess. Like, Curtis probably would have made about 20 more yards from the time Teddy let go to the ball getting there, maybe 50 yards because Curtis is fast. But, like, that's not impossible to do. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Curtis was 40 yards away and then Teddy had his opportunity to let it go. Yeah, I agree. Maybe it's those gloves, man. I don't know. I want the ball coming off. (laughs) I don't. I feel like that has to play a factor. Like grip is, grip plays a huge factor in being able to get that spin on -hmm. your spirals. And like, I'm. I know. I'm. Maybe he has some specially made glove. Like I know they make gloves special made nowadays. Like those receiver gloves practically catch the ball for you. Mm -hmm. Like. Gloves know what they're doing nowadays, but like getting that physical touch, like your fingers um, on the laces, I feel like that's how you really get that spin and you get that like extra velocity. And I hate to use this example, but like it's like people sometimes in lifting, people will like deadlift or squat with no shoes or socks on because they say like they really feel like they're connected with the ground when they're barefoot. And I feel like it's the same thing with your bare hand to a football. Mm-hmm. Like you're just more connected and you can get more drive, like exerting the force off the ball. Yeah, no. And I mean, it'd be one thing if he was out here, like throwing tight spirals and, you know, just slinging it everywhere. But like, that's just not the case. Like that DJ pick, he had plenty of time. Like, honestly, he was not like pressured. Like he had ample time to step up and make a solid throw to DJ on that interception. And yeah. Like it came out awful. It was a horrible pass. Like it looked like Cam injured passes. Like it was, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was, it was like terrible to see. And like, I hate to like what we've all we've been saying, like we're making it seem like he had an awful game. He didn't have an mm, awful yeah, no, game. No, no. Like he had quite a few plays where I thought he kept the play alive. Well, you know, moved off his reads, found the open man, scrambled a little bit. He made that one nice throw to DJ deep. It wasn't a difficult throw, but he hit Robbie deep. Like, Teddy didn't have a bad game, but there's just clear things that are holding the offense back that are, like, coming from him that I can physically see on the film. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I guess it's just the uh, juxtaposition. Look at that word. From him to Cam. (laughs) I think that's just what makes it stand out more. Because that was never an issue for Cam. Like, I do think – I think once Cam threw that ball to uh, Edelman – like that, not the deep, deep ball, but that lofted ball at like the start of the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cam finally was like, okay, and now I'm comfortable letting it loose. And like the only other time in his career that was an issue for Cam was when the shoulder was a problem. Those la- like most of 2018, he was yeah. very reluctant to throw deep, but that seems like what it is for Teddy all the time. Cause we know Cam does not have an issue. Like you said, Cam's first read could be a slant, a seven yard slant. And if he just, looks for a split second just to see, hey, is this guy going to be open on the go route? He just flicks it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's zero hesitation. And I just want to see that from Teddy. 
if it results in a pick, if it results in an underthrow, an overthrow, a terrible throw, I don't care. I just want to see it from him. Mm-hmm. I want to see him look off DJ on that seven-yard slant at the start of the game and just toss it up to Curtis. Just do it. Right. I don't know. I mean, he definitely moves the ball really well. I mean, you don't just get 367 yards just by, by BSing out there. So, like, <laughs> there is that. But it's just like he's moving it without, like, purpose. Like, once we get into the red zone, like – It feels like things just die. Yeah. like It's like what, we have to have Christian run it in. That's yeah, what it yeah. feels like. Like, he, it, Christian has to run it in for us to convert in the red zone. Because what we have, like – I think we had two – it might have been one opportunity to, to score without Christian when Christian got hurt. And it was just like, yeah, nothing. <laughs> nothing for us. Because once the field shrinks, then teams can really key in on the shorter stuff. Yeah. And like, even though they know Teddy won't always throw it deep, they at least have to account for it when we're at like R40. Yeah. And honestly, that might just be their game plan for the past couple weeks. Just It's just let them get to the red zone and then we yeah, go. Yeah. Right. All we got to worry about at that point is McCaffrey. But. We will see. We will see how it moves going forward. Um, that's just this. Yeah, I mean that's it. That's the TED talk. <laughs> that, that is the TED talk for the week. Um, yeah, we'll see if it's any different next week. Yeah. I don't know. I just have the same um, TED talk over and over. Yeah, I mean honestly, I, he kind of just is what he is at this point. I don't really expect like expect him to grow too much, but I mean, I mean, I mean, he's, he's twenty seven. How much can you like change your philosophy? Yeah, you know what I, I mean. mean Feel free to prove us wrong, but I, you know, right. I doubt it. Feel free to play like Dan Marino. Yeah. Like, yeah, feel sure. free to Teddy. I'm not going to be angry. I promise no, you. Not at all. <laughs> he could play like Brett Favre. He Teddy could finish the year with 25 picks, but if he's <laughs> just throwing it deep, I won't. I personally won't care. I'd yeah, actually be hey. more excited. That's why I wanted Jameis. I was going to say make this make this tank season a little bit more more spicy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh. Let's uh let's move on to do our we can do a round of league again real quick like we did last week. Uh Atlanta. <laughs> dude. Good wow. lord. Dude, are they just not aware of the rules that we know since like ages seven and eight? Or even how like, to like hold a lead. Like that was so embarrassing. I was just kept watching out of like obviously it was just coming on red zone here and there. But like that's just absurd that that happened. Yeah. Like you can't even make this stuff up anymore. Like uh Charles McDonald, he like wrote that article because um, he's a Falcons fan. He writes for the Jets and Giants now, but he wrote that article and it was literally he just it was just titled "Dear Falcons, Please Just Be Normal." Like if you're gonna lose, just lose like a normal team. <laughs> like you don't have to make it some extravagant loss every single time. Like you just said, I was catching it on a red zone too. It seemed like it was the longest game in the world, and like. <laughs> Every time it was just like, and Dallas has scored again, and I'm just like, what is going on over there? And I see like this this onside kick thing happens, and they just all let the ball roll over there. And I'm just like, like how? Like, what was the stat where it was like teams going in, teams up thirty nine? What? Yeah. I don't even know what it was, but teams in NFL history scoring thirty nine or more that didn't have a single turnover were four hundred and forty and zero going into that game. Yeah, like. How did you let that happen? <laughs> I, I can't believe it, dude. Like, that's so bad. And the crazy thing is, so I've been saying, I've been on record saying, the Saints are just going to run away with the division. Mm-hmm. After seeing how bad Drew Brees is this early in the year, dude, I still think the Falcons can win it. That's the crazy thing. 
Yeah, no. I, honestly, I think I tweeted that Atlanta was going to win the division the other day. I don't know why I did that. I might have, <laughs> I might have just been fluent, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I kind of believe them. I just feel like that offense is way too high powered, and it's at some point you have to like their defense. It has to be somewhat inspired at some point, right? Like it can't be like this all year. It can't be this crazy all year. Them and the Panthers are like fighting for that worst defense in the league <laughs> title. It's crazy because our defense hasn't even been like that bad of an eyesore just because our opponents have been like yeah, just been know. sloppy them in their own rights. I mean, it's been bad. Well, don't get me wrong, but now, now when we go up against like the Chiefs, yeah, it's going to be major eyesore. But like we've get, we've given up thirty and thirty four and thirty one or thirty four both games, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like, it's been bad, so, like, we're not trying to say it hasn't been bad, but, like, Atlanta's has been, like, visibly, like, someone who's never watched football in their life bad. Yeah. Like, we're, like, teams like Atlanta and then, like, the Jets, who, you know, people are watching them just thinking, like, oh, my God, like, they're horrible. Like, people yeah. watching us are like, hmm, they're actually being kind of competitive in these two games against two solid teams. They might have a chance. You yeah. Know? A little different. Um, Actually, a team we played last week, Las Vegas – beat new orleans um mm-hmm. and their first ever vegas game so that was that was that was hype um shout out to michael thomas you know saints went up like 10 nothing early he busted out the tweet it could get ugly quick and he was right because from that point forward breeze was just like the worst quarterback i've ever seen like he seriously might be like a bottom five starter right now that man stinks he's terrible <laughs> Like they honestly would be better off just putting in Taysom in the Wildcat every time. That dude's arm strength is negative. He's a coward. He's just it's awful. Go off then. I didn't get I didn't get a chance to watch like the second half of the game, but I mean, this is kind of just like a build up of what we've been seeing the past couple of years with him. Where like it was kind of good for like the first half of the season, second half of the season he dies down a little bit, but yeah. he's still <laughs> able to coast to the playoffs. Now <laughs> it's just kind of hitting them all at once. <laughs> I would never forgive the NFL for trying to give him that like longevity, like old timers award MVP award when Patrick Mahomes mm. first year as a starter, five K yards, 50 touchdowns. And you still had people trying to spew like the lifetime achievement award for Drew Brees. Yeah, like it was no. like the Hallmark channel or some shit. Yeah. Like, they almost gave him like the make a wish award. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's what it felt like. Like, like my wish, like the, you know, the commercials you see on sports. Yeah. I just assumed that they were doing that for Drew Brees. Um, yeah, he's terrible. As soon as they finally give the nod to Jameis, the Saints will then run away with the division. Promise you that. Mm, I um, see it. And we're just going to ignore the fact that Michael Thomas was out, and that could have played a fact. Like, we're going to ignore the fact that Michael Thomas might actually be insanely val- valuable because I still need to get my Michael Thomas jokes off. Yeah, but no, like, I'm, I won't be off the record. <laughs> off the record, we're going to cut this part out. Um, Michael Thomas is extremely valuable, clearly. Off the record, of course. You can't hold me to the saying that, but fair enough. Um, okay. So, what else we got? Cam. We talked about Cam. We didn't really talk about his game. Um, he was he was being Cam, all right. Yeah. My God, I was so impressed with the way he was slinging the rock. Yeah, I don't want to sound like like I'm like I'm simping over here, but 
tears came to my eyes a little bit, man. I started to water. <laughs> I I will see. You know, I I will happily simp. I haven't felt those butterflies like watching a football game since the last time we were in the playoffs against New Orleans. I have not felt that way watching a football game since then. Um, mm-hmm. It was amazing to watch. Like that end of that game, like broke my heart because the net, like people were already hyping them up the next day anyway. But like you know, if they would have converted there at the end. The Cam MVP talk would be full force. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it would, like, some people are already saying like yeah. he's kind of in the MVP talk. Which like, so right now, like you're gonna say like Russ, you're gonna say like Josh Allen, Kyler, and Kyler, and like so like Cam's probably right there with like Kyler, Rogers, mm-hmm. Lamar again. He's probably right there with that group of four or five guys. Where it's like um, Russ and uh, Josh Allen are probably like the top two right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. I expect Josh Allen to fall off, and I expect Russ to like, kind of like shit his pants, like like a, a random week, like week thirteen, and just completely ruin the MVP race for him, like he does every year. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm hoping that happens, but like anyway, regardless, the end of that game broke my heart, but I have not felt those nerves, those butterflies, whatever, since January of January sixth, twenty eighteen. Yeah, seriously. It, it could have just been like a buildup of like this entire like the past year, past two years, really, yeah. and then like this off season, and like us just fighting for Cam, and then like yeah. we get to see him go out there and just like ball on Sunday night football. Man, it was awesome. Just, yeah, no, it was really amazing. But and like I, I am a Patriots fan, but since I'm not at, like since I'm not actually a Patriots Patriots fan, the loss hurts a little bit less because I am just happy to see Cam play well. Yeah. Um, I will admit I hit a really low point in the game when they when Cam threw that pick and then they went down and scored a touchdown and they were down 11. I was like, uh, like this is where the game just kind of fizzles out. They lose 35-17, whatever. Yeah. But then that next drive after the pick and Seattle scored, that's when he had the pass that went 55 yards in the air <laughs> to Julian Edelman while falling backwards kind on a of. rope. Yeah, on a absolute <laughs> rope. Like – that was amazing. That got me back into it, and then he was just slinging it. That pass, um, before he had the little jump touchdown pass to Edelman on like the post where he got hit as he threw was beautiful. Mm-hmm. He was throwing bullets to Nikhil Harry. The almost game-winning touchdown pass to Edelman that went through his hands was a laser beam. Like Cam is back. There's no doubt in my mind. Like yeah. I was a little worried because the picky threw, and then he almost had the pick six when they were backed up in the first half that went off the dude's hands. Yeah, I was kind of like, both of those were sideline passes. I was like, is his arm strength just not the same? Like, can those passes just not be the same anymore? Looking back on it, both of them were literally just, he threw it a little too inside on the route. And um, honestly, on the interception, Bird's route wasn't that good. I'm not blaming Bird, and of course I'm putting blame on Cam, but I also will point out, they had ran a very similar play to that multiple times prior yeah. to that game. You can only run a seven yard out so many times before the defense like stops being like dumb. That was like their go to route. It seemed like for the entire game, and then yeah, I, was, that, I was saying, I was like, at some point they're just going to bite on this thing, and it happened. It, it, it's too risky of a play to do like five times in like th- two and a half quarters, mm-hmm. and that's what they were doing. So like, hopefully they kind of learned from because I think there was like a mix. I think that's what the mix contributed to that pick. Burr didn't have a great route. Cam didn't have a great ball. And the defense is just e- eventually going to catch on. Yeah. Also, I feel like up to that point, you know, I feel like they were still kind of in ease Cam in kind of mode. And then he took off. 
And so I think yep. now, like, McDaniel's not all the playbook. Yeah. Yeah. I think shot the Julian Edelman career high in passing hey, in receiving he, yards. He did his thing. I mean, he dropped a touchdown, but besides that, man, he he went that, off. So kudos that to him. route. That route tree from Edelman. I feel like there's no way his route. He's ever had a route tree that looked like that in his life. Nah, like, no way. Not to hate on the Patriots receivers, but they had him doing the vertical routes. Yeah, like, no, no way. They need to bring somebody in, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> Yeah, that's for the, like the Patriots podcast. Yeah, yeah we won't talk weekend about that. Up, weekend at Belichick's. Um, Any other but, games? Uh, that, uh, I guess we play the Chargers next week. So that Kansas City, um, LA yeah. game was pretty crazy. Their defensive line. The Chargers would probably be the best team in the NFL if they didn't have like the fake doctors and Cam <laughs> was their quarterback. Because they just about beat the Chiefs with a guy starting his first NFL game that knew he was starting 10 seconds before he ran onto the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he played pretty admirably, um, Justin Herbert. And without Derwin James. Like, if, yeah. if you just turned injuries off and you made Cam their quarterback, they're better than the Chiefs. Like, yeah. seriously, that team is good. The Chargers have always had a deep team for the past couple of years now. And even going into this year, like, during the offseason, a lot of people were saying, like, if they can get a solid quarterback, like, they would be good. And so, like, when this season started and we're looking through the schedule and a lot of people are like, I feel like L.A. is a pretty winnable game. Like, I just have no idea what people are saying. <laughs> right. Oh, and we didn't forget. I will say, shout out to the Twitter GMs. We had been hyping up Cam L.A. for a long time. Mm-hmm. We were hyping that up as soon as, like, during, like, Kyle Allen season. Or, like, as soon as Cam was put on the market, we were like – Everyone was like L.A. or New England, and I literally like might have preferred L.A. at one yeah. point in time. I think a lot of us did just for the fact that their roster is so deep, but obviously New England yeah. because Belichick. Yeah, like Belichick outweighs everything. Like at this yeah. point, like I want Cam to be like a Patriot for life at this point because there's no doubt in my mind that say he hypothetically stayed with the Patriots for six years. There's no doubt in my mind that this will be the, their worst year. Because they have cap space next year. They're going to know exactly how to build around Cam. They're going to realize they can compete again. Like It's kind of like that first full year they had with Brady in 2002 where they went 7-9 and nine mm-hmm. between the Super Bowl and then the back-to-backs. It's, that's kind of what it – this. I don't think they'll be 7-9 and nine this year, but that's kind of what it like, reminds me of. Is like they just need one year of their brand-new full-time starter. Mm-hmm. Understand what he needs. Use their cap accordingly the next year. And then it's just dynasty. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The past will continue to rule. Um, well, we also still have Kansas City because Mahomes is still obviously a problem. That final yeah. drive he had, it was like he had like all obstacles to overcome, and he just kept overcoming them. It was and he had, had like, like the a greatest thing I've ever seen. He had had like an iffy game up to that point, um, or at least mm-hmm. for his standards. And then yeah, just game winning drive. Let me just cancel out like my meh performance. Yeah, right. No, really good. But um, let's just move on. We'll finish this up with the uh, week three preview. We're already yeah. here at like an hour or so. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like we just said, um, going to Los Angeles to that pretty little stadium they got over there to play the Chargers. Um, as we just said, coming off an impressive showing against the Chiefs, almost beat them. Um, but former Panther great Harrison Bucker came to the rescue for the Chiefs. Um, Herbert will be starting, I think, they confirmed today, because he got his lung punctured, punctured by his doctor, which is a whole thing. I don't know how that happens, but... 
Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> really that's really weird. Like it, it just sounded like it was like a parody. To yeah. be completely honest, like I couldn't believe it. And um, apparently, their team doctor is like the worst doctor of all time. Like, I saw some report that, that he's gotten that? like I, he's gotten like two DUIs. Um, what? He got like raided by like the DEA for writing like a hundred prescriptions for himself. Um, he lost his license to do surgeries a couple years ago. Um, so like, yeah, that's what I'm like. The dude that did the thing, like, uh, I don't remember his name. I think his name like David Chow or something. Mm. Like I uh... I, I saw some tweet. I, maybe it was Shefty. It was somebody It was like, literally he's like had all these terrible things happen. Maybe like, you got fooled, man. Uh, my um, literally, like, rather this happened, my dad sent me and my brothers a a, tw- a tweet, quote unquote, from Adam Schefter, who is actually his at is at Jack Mehoff underscore. My dad didn't realize this. <laughs> it says, <laughs> it says sources the Chargers team doctor was hired the morning of the Chiefs game. Anthony Lynn spoke to a gentleman in the lobby of a Holiday Inn and hired him on the spot. And so my dad thought that was real and sent it to all of us. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, yeah, so, yeah, apparently they just, like, I, I don't know. Like, that, that fake doctor, that's literally their doctor. Um, and that's that, of course, leads me to no surprise that half the roster gets out for the year every year. Yeah, they need to look into that. But uh, like Who diagnoses injuries worse, Chargers or Panthers? I don't know. Mm. Wouldn't I bet on that? Tough call. Yeah. But uh, take a look at the personnel here. Chargers, obviously, we've been talking, you know, they got a strong team pretty much all around. That Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, wait, Ingram. That pass rushing going to come in against our shaky offensive line. I don't know how we're going to handle that. Um, Chargers offensive yeah. weapons against our defense. It's going to be tough. We got Herbert. He's probably riding pretty high. Definitely a yeah. big, strong, athletic quarterback. He can throw the ball downfield, unlike a couple quarterbacks we played this year. So, and a couple quarterbacks that are on our team. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I will be interested to see how Herbert Herbert kind of handles it because um, I mean, if I were a rookie QB, like when you're a rookie, you kind of just get a pass for all the bad things you do and just get praised for the good things you do. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like the – you're basically just working with house money when you're a rookie. Like, you have to be god-awful for people to point out how bad you are as a rookie. You know, like um, like Dante. Like, no one even, like – that's why we were so high on Dante after his rookie year. We just ignored the fact that he can't cover, the fact that he misses tackles, like, all that. We just, like, love the fact that he got, like, five picks and could hit make big hits. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so if I were a rookie quarterback, I would just throw a deep every single pass. <laughs> Like, like I would, my a dot would be like twenty five. Yeah, there's literally not a time I wouldn't throw it deep, especially on this secondary. And so I will be interested to see how much Herbert really airs it out and stuff, because I honestly, I'll be interested to see their D line versus our offense, because we're gonna have to get it out quick, likely, um, which means we're probably not looking at too many deep shots again this week. Um, but without CMC, the checkdown option might not feel as reliable. Yeah. So like I, this, I could see this being a game where we score in the teens. Honestly. Um, yeah. I could really see this being a game we get like thirteen points, seventeen points. It depends on how like you know if they score thirty, you know garbage time helps with the points. But I could really see us struggle offensively 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to be in the 30s. I think Herbert's going to give us a couple of them. I mean, that kid was out there. He looked like he was just having fun when he was playing, which yeah. you know, is a good thing. But I think he's going to get a little trigger happy, and right. we're going to bait him into some turnovers. Um, I could see it being. I don't think it'll be close, but like, just, I think we'll probably hit around 17 again, and you know, they might be like 28 kind of deal. Yeah, I'll predict 24. I'll I'll say 24 to. 17 yeah um now you know i mean there's maybe a chance that like their d-line just like lays an egg and we like throw all over them i don't know because if people were saying like after watching them play week one against the Bengals and not score much and then watching how bad how much the Bengals um gave up against the browns people are like wow like the chargers offense must be terrible uh-huh. And then Herbert's in, so like now it might just be better. So I don't know. It's kind of hard to gauge. I mean, I could see us winning this. It wouldn't be the most surprising thing. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely not. I feel like if we can get to Herbert, make him call some turnovers, and then Teddy plays a safe, you know, a safe, efficient game like he normally does, um, without any turnovers, then we could be looking at a we could be looking at a win. But, oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm just I'm hesitant that will happen because our defense is. Horrific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're. It's not good. Um, so let's see. I'd say we got Chargers left. We got Atlanta at home on a Thursday night. Denver and Chicago and Detroit. I'd say those are five games left that, like, consider assuming nothing bizarre happens, those would be our five left that I'd say we actually could win. Mm-hmm. Not saying we're going to be five and eleven. I'm saying those are the five to where. You, I'm going to say we have a chance. I could see us having a chance. Like in any of those other games, I think something bizarre would have to happen. Like Mahomes gets hurt, you know, just something weird. Yeah. Teddy becomes Pat Mahomes. <laughs> some yeah. some of the sorts. But okay. Is that it? Want to wrap it up? I think that's it. I, believe, I think we you know, talked about most things. All right. Well, that was episode uh, four of Weekend at Hermes. Um, I'm Stephen Sears, Chase Pletcher. Follow us on Twitter at Steve's Tweets underscore and at Chase, Chase Pletcher. Chase Pletcher four. Also check out the Queens Guard at the QGB. Shout out to all those guys doing good work over there when they do their work. Uh, <laughs> so for now, we'll catch y'all next time. Peace. See you.